I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. This morning we're looking at verses 6 through 11. Acts chapter 1. Verses 6 through 11. If you don't have a Bible of your own, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there. And it's page 855 in the Pew Bible. So page 855 in the Pew Bible. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, then uh, please take that Pew Bible. That's our gift to you today. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word. So please take that and use it, read it. It will certainly bless your life. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11, we are, we are wanting to be a healthy, growing church, right? That's our, our desire. We want to be a healthy, growing church. Now, I've tried to emphasize throughout this a healthy, growing church because there's a lot of growing churches out there that are not healthy, right? They're, they're using man-made means to, to get the growth that they're seeing, and they're not healthy. That's not what we want. We want to be a healthy, growing church, and to be a healthy, growing church means that we need to seek growth, seek church growth uh, by God's means, by His ways. And so we're looking to Scripture and seeing what are the devotions of a healthy, growing church. And we've been considering Acts chapter 2, verses uh, 42 through 47. And looking at the devotions of a healthy church there, the early church obviously was a healthy, growing church. God was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. And there in the first few days after Jesus' resurrection or ascension and the falling down of the Holy Spirit, the church just multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. And as we see in the book of Acts, the church goes not only throughout Jerusalem, but it spreads out even to the ends of the earth, the known earth at that point in time, all the way to Rome, where we see Paul ending up at the end of the book. And so God was blessing the church. They were just booming and growing, and we want that, right? We want to see that kind of movement of the Holy Spirit here again today, and we would love to see that happen here at First Bastrop. So we're considering the devotions of a healthy, growing church, and we've considered four of those so far, and we saw those again there in Acts chapter 2, and specifically four of those are listed out in verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, that is the studying of God's Word, and we talked about that, and the fellowship, that is the Christian fellowship, the church community, they devoted themselves to one another, caring for one another, loving one another. The breaking of the bread, which centers around Christ-centered worship. So they devoted themselves to Christ-centered worship. And then last week we talked about uh, devotion to the prayers. The prayers, praying together as a church community. Praying in our private devotions. Being devoted to God in prayer. So those are the four devotions of a healthy, growing church. And today we consider the fifth devotion of a healthy growing church and it's not specifically listed here but it is apparent right it's implicit it's implied in this text when we jump down there to verse 47 he says and God 
added to the nor- or the, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. Now, how are people to be saved if they don't hear the gospel? And how are they to hear the gospel unless someone proclaim the gospel to them? Kind of, sort of, as Paul says over there in Romans, right? He, he says similar thing. How do people hear the gospel? How are they saved unless someone speak the gospel? And that tells us that the church, the fifth devotion of the church is actually the primary devotion of the church, and that is evangelism. When you look at the overall context of the book of Acts, the whole point of the book of Acts is to show that the the church's responsibility is evangelism. Now, what is evangelism? What is evangelism? Because that seems like a big scary word, a big technical term. What is evangelism? For many people, many people think, well, evangelism, yeah, that's something that the professionals do. Right, that's something that you do, preacher. That's something that Luke, the evangelist who was here a couple of weeks ago, that's something you guys do. That's something for the professionals. But no, it's not. See, what is evangelism? Evangelism, actually, this word evangelism comes from a Greek term which means to announce good news. That's what evangelism is. It's the pronouncement of good news. Evangelism in the church context is announcing the good news that Jesus Christ came and lived and died for your sins in accordance with the Scriptures. He was crucified, buried, and He was raised again in accordance with the Scriptures. And He offers the gift of salvation to everyone who will turn away from their sins and believe in Him. That's evangelism. It's pronouncing the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's not only a a devotion of the church. It is the devotion of the church. It's not just something that the church does. It's the one priority that the church is supposed to be committed to. It is our mission given to us by God. And so today I want to focus on this devotion, the devotion to evangelism. And to do that, we're going to come to Acts chapter 1. A growing church is devoted to evangelism. A growing church, a healthy growing church is devoted to evangelism. It is devoted to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. And here in our text, I'm going to show you four reasons that we must be devoted, church, to evangelism. Four reasons we must be devoted to evangelism. So if you found your place there, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 6. So When they had come together, now Jesus has been with the apostles for about 40 days now. He's getting ready to ascend into heaven. And so when they came, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood beside them, stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from, from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And Lord, we just pray that you would write its eternal truth upon our hearts today. Lord, show us the imperative of evangelism in the ministry of the church. Lord, let us get this right. This is what you have called us to do in this world, in this life. So let us be obedient. Let us be faithful to tell people about Jesus. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. And you may be seated. Well, as we begin to look at this, and this is the Great Commission of the book of Acts. So we have the Great Commission there in Matthew chapter uh, 29, but here we see it in the book of Acts, or 28, I said 29, Matthew 28. But here we see the Great Commission in uh, the first chapter here of the book of Acts. Jesus is telling the church what they are called to do. So as we, we look at this and as we consider this text this morning, we must devote ourselves to evangelism because evangelism is the mandate, right? Evangelism is mandated. It's mandated. It's not an option for the church. It's the mandate of the church. It's the responsibility that Christ has given the church. Look what he says here in these first few verses. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. In other words, hey, they're asking some good questions here. And Jesus is not getting on to him. Oh, you shouldn't ask that question. No, they're, they're asking, Lord, is now the time that you're coming? Is now the time that you're coming to make all things new? I mean, here's some things that as Christians we should look forward to, right? We should be anticipating and longing for, and that's the disciples, they're anticipating that, they're longing for that, they're wanting to see that. They want Jesus to come make all things new. But Jesus says, hey, guys, don't be distracted. Right? He, he doesn't get on to them. He says, that's not something for you to ask. He says, hey, look, don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons. It's enough for you to know I'm coming back, right? That's, it's enough for you to know I am coming back. I am going to come and restore all things. That's coming, but don't be distracted. Instead, here's what you focus on. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witness. He doesn't say, and you might be my witnesses. 
He doesn't say, you may be, uh, if you feel like it, you can be my witness. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, you'll receive power, and you will be my witnesses. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, he says it like this. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples, that's the commandment, Make disciples of all people groups, of all nations, of every ethnicity, of every socioeconomic class, uh, of every kind of person, right? Go make disciples of all people groups by going, by, by baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them all that I have taught you. That is the commandment to the church. That's the commission of the church. We are called to be witnesses. To tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. And, and this is important to see in this text here. Again, the, Jesus says, don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Keep your focus on the main thing. There are a lot of good and wonderful things that the church can be distracted by. There are a lot of good and wonderful things that we can be distracted by. We could focus on having the most dynamic and wonderful children's ministry. We could have the, the greatest and most exciting youth ministry. We could have a, a great men's and women's ministry, right? We can feed all of the, the poor and bastrop and clothe all the poor and bastrop. We can have a, an outstanding recovery ministry where we, we, we pour into those who are, are addicted to drugs and alcohol. And, and those are all wonderful things, right? Those are great, wonderful things. And, and we should, as a church, we should engage in those things, right? Those are things that we should be doing. But we need to be careful not to be, get so distracted into doing that that we neglect the one thing Jesus has commanded us to do, and that is to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. Like, we should be doing all of those things, but all of those things should be geared to tell people about Jesus. Like, Jesus fed the hungry, He healed the sick, He did all of those things, but the purpose in Him feeding the hungry and healing the sick was all to point people to himself to share the good news to announce the good news church hear me let us not be distracted let us not be distracted but let us do the one thing God has called us to do and that's tell people about Jesus in everything that we do, whatever we're involved in, let the whole focus of it being to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. Evangelism. We must devote ourselves to evangelism because evangelism is mandated by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Second, we must be devoted to evangelism because evangelism is empowered. 
It is empowered. It is empowered. We see that right, right there. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now notice that. You will receive. This is received power. It is received power. This is not a power that comes uh, from us, right? It's not something that we produce. This power is something that is received. It is given. It is something that we, by our very nature, we do not have. It is a received power. Furthermore, it is divine power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is supernatural power that has been given to the church, been given to God's people. It's the Holy Spirit coming, not only to to be with us, but to indwell us, to be in us, to reside in us. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He lives in us, and He empowers us. It is received power. It is divine power. But it's power with a purpose. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. You see, we have a wonderful gift this side of the ascension, this side of the resurrection. And we see it as, as we read on through the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, we see the day of Pentecost taking place. At this point, it hasn't happened yet. That's why he says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you because he hadn't, hadn't come upon them yet. But later on in chapter 2, as they're praying together and, and the Holy Spirit falls down from heaven and he fills the believers with the power of God, the power of God is now indwelling them. But all of that is for the purpose of, hear me, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? There's some wonderful other benefits that come from that because we know that as the Holy Spirit indwells us, He also sanctifies us, right? He, he makes us more like Jesus. He, he makes us more like Jesus. He changes our wants and our desires so that we want to obey God and want to follow Jesus. He, he changes us and makes us holy. But His primary purpose, the Holy Spirit's primary purpose is always to point people to Jesus. And so even in his sanctifying us, even as he's making us holy, it's to say, for people to look at us and say, hey man, there's something different around you. Yeah, let me tell about Jesus. It's all to point people to Jesus. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, his whole job is to point people to Jesus, to exalt Jesus. And that's his job in us. It's to empower us to tell people about Jesus. And dear friend, if you're not telling people about Jesus, well, you're not experiencing the full power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're just not. That's what He's there for. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit empowers us to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. Back in, when I was in Bible college, 
I was still quite young in the ministry, uh, still a little nervous in a lot of things, and, and you know me, I'm kind of the, the introverted guy, and so uh, just going out and talking to people is not my strong suit, right? That's not the thing that comes easy for me, uh, but especially back then, man, that was hard, and uh, I was in Bible college, and of course, one of the classes I had to take to graduate from Bible college with a Bible degree, I had to take evangelism. And one of the requirements for passing this evangelism class was I had to go out with my group and share the gospel with a complete stranger. Whew. Uh. Like, I had shared the gospel. I mean, I preached the gospel many times at church, and, and I enjoyed that. I loved doing that. I'd shared the gospel with people that I had met in church and through the church and had built a relationship with, but I've never done cold call evangelism, right? I've never had knocked on the door to a stranger's house and said, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. I never walked up to a stranger on the street and said, hey, uh, have you heard about Jesus? I just never have done that, and that was kind of outside of my comfort zone. So when the professor said uh, to pass this class you've got to go share your 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 faith with a stranger there was a part of me that was like "Ooh, man I'm in trouble and so uh but but I wanted to pass the class I had to pass the class so a uh, buddy of mine we we paired up a couple of us actually paired up and we went out to a, another college's campus a neighboring college's campus that was not a Christian college and uh, we started going out now the guy I went with he was the extrovert and so he had no problem about it. He was just walking around, hey, hey, let me tell you about Jesus, right? Hey, if you died tomorrow, uh, where would you go? He, he was having no problem whatsoever. He was just going, going, going. I was like, ah, ah, man, I got, I got to do this. I would listen to him. Yeah, man, man, he's doing good. He's doing, oh, man, yeah, I can say that and I can do it like that. Oh, easy stuff. And I'd, I'd, I'd start walking up to somebody. Ah, oh, man, I just, I just don't know what to do. I struggled, right? But I had to do it. And so finally, we were about ready to leave. He's like, man, I'm tired. I'm ready to go. If you're not going to do the, if you're not going to do this, let's just go. And, and so we were actually just we were actually starting to walk away, and we were walking towards the vehicle, and we came across this guy, and I said, "I got to do this." So I turned to the guy, and I stopped him, I, I started just a little conversation. I said, "Hey, man, if you died today, bef uh, if you died today, and you were standing before God, and He said, "Why should I let you into my heaven?" What would you say?" And he said something to the effect, "Well, I'm a good guy, you know." I, um, I, I try to do right. I go to church and, uh, you know, the typical answer. And then I said, well, can I share with you what Scripture says? And in a moment, the Holy Spirit took control of that conversation. And I shared the gospel with that young man. And he ended up praying to surrender his life to Jesus Christ. After the fact, my buddy, he said, man, that was awesome. He's like, you just, it's like your whole personality changed. In a moment, I said, yes, it did. 
right? That was the Holy Spirit. He came upon me. He empowered me to do that. And I've seen that over and over again in my life. It just took that one. I'm not going to say it's still easy. I'm not going to say it's easy for me today. No, it's not. I'm still that same person. I still have that struggle. But it is a whole lot easier today than it was then. Because I want to get back to there, right? I love just experiencing the the power of the Holy Spirit in my life when I share the gospel with others. So now every time we go on the one-day mission trip, Mary Beth doesn't have to ask me, what are we going to sign up for? We're going to do door-to-door evangelism because that gets me, pushes me out of my comfort zone, but it also allows me to experience the wonderful power of the Holy Spirit testifying the good news of Jesus Christ. Experience the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Take that first step. It's a hard one. It's going to be a struggle for some of you. I can relate. But take that first step and experience the Holy Spirit's power in your life to tell the good news of Jesus Christ. We must devote ourselves to evangelism because evangelism is empowered. Evangelism is mandated. Evangelism is empowered. Third, evangelism is extensive. It is extensive, and we need to recognize that. Notice what he says there. You will see power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, in a lot of ways, this is an outline of the book of Acts because that's what we see. We see the gospel, the Holy Spirit comes upon the church, and then the church just takes off in Jerusalem. Thousands of people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ as the church is being a faithful witness there in Jerusalem. But then uh, persecution comes in. Stephen is stoned and, and, and the, the church is pushed out of Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria. And then we see the ministry of Paul taking place and pushing it even further to the ends of the earth, the known earth in Paul's day, right? The New Testament day, the Roman Empire. But this is, this is really the way it works for the church as well, and this works well for a strategy of the church. Uh, the church is responsible to engage in evangelism, to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ locally, our Jerusalem, which is Morehouse, Bastrop and Morehouse Parish, right? That's our Jerusalem. Samaria and Judea, we're, we're to be engaged in, in evangelism and some, to some extent throughout our state. And then to the ends of the earth, even international missions were to engage in those. And so it is extensive. We are called as the church of Christ to carry the good news throughout the world. That's our mission. But let us not get overwhelmed in the mission. Because the mission starts right here in our Jerusalem. Our mission starts right here in Bastrop, right here in Morehouse Parish. In fact, dear friend, your mission 
to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the lost starts with the lost person that is right in front of you. Whoever that may be. Whoever God has put you in, uh, who has put in your life that you need to share the gospel with, that's where your mission begins. Yes, we support international missions and we pray for our missionaries we pray for owen and caitlin doing missions up in wales and that's great and wonderful we'll continue to support them in prayer and finances but our mission starts right here and you see that's the problem sometimes with the church sometimes as a church we get so excited about missions doing mission work right and going to do missions i do i get more excited about going somewhere and and doing the thing than than staying here i kind of get in the the mundane things uh, the plain old mundane routine of the day around here and kind of get lose sight of it sometimes And, and that's the way all of us are we get excited about going and telling about jesus and not so much about staying and telling people about jesus but but here's where our main mission is our main mission is where we are where we live in fact the great commission go make disciples of all people groups it starts with that word go which means as you are going make disciples as you're going about your daily life as you're doing your normal routine you're to tell people about Jesus you're be to be a a witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ and so we yes we got to be engaged in evangelism at, at every level but it starts here it starts right here And so next week, next week, we are going to relaunch the Who's Your One campaign. We did that, remember, prior to COVID. We did the Who's Your One, and uh, I see some ones sitting in our auditorium today. Right? It was effective, and, and we need to think about that again. I want each of you to think about one person. I'm not asking you to win ten people to the Lord. I'm not asking you to win five people to the Lord. I want you to focus on one person. One person that God has put in your life who needs to know Jesus. I want you to start thinking even now. We're gonna, like I said, we're going to launch this officially next week. And so, guess what? Next week's sermon's about evangelism. But hey, we're going to launch this next week. Who's your one? I want you to start now thinking about, all right, Lord, who's my one? Who's that person you've put in my life to share the love of Christ with? I want you to think about who's your one, and I want you to begin even now to start praying for that person. Pray for that one person that God has put in your life to be a witness to. In addition to that, we are also uh, here shortly going to start the uh, Beautiful Feet Outreach Ministry again. Again, before COVID, we had launched that, and then things happened, and it kind of got pushed away, especially with COVID. It just kind of got shuffled to the side for a while, but we're going to do that. We're going to start reaching out to the people who 
you, you look around here, they were here before, but they're not here now. We're going to start reaching out to them first. We're also going to start reaching out and knock on some doors around our church because a shame to know that a lot of our neighbors here uh, under the shadow of our, t- of our steeple, as Luke talked about, don't know who we are or what we do. And so we're going to go out and knock on some doors around here, and I'll lead the charge in that. And we're going to talk to people about Jesus and invite them to come to church. And in addition to that, May 8th through the 10th, we're going to have a revival. And I've invited Luke to come back, and he's going to to preach our revival for us. And, And we're going to have that, and we're going to start praying that God would draw all the people that we're going to work on, our ones and, and, and our, our outreach of, of going out and reaching those who are around in our community. We're going to pray that God would draw them here, here and we will see a great harvest in that revival. Oh, church, we've got to be serious about evangelism. We've got to prioritize evangelism That's God's priority for us, and we're going to make it our priority. We're going to follow his lead, and we're going to do what he's called us to do. It's extensive, but we're going to start right here in our local community with the one that God has put before us, with our neighbors here in our neighborhood. We're going to tell them about Jesus. We're going to be witnesses as Christ has called us to be. We must devote ourselves to evangelism because evangelism is mandated, is empowered, is extensive. Fourth, we must devote ourselves to evangelism because evangelism is urgent. Evangelism is urgent. I love this. Notice there at the end, as Jesus is taken up into heaven, They look at him, and he's taken up into a cloud and and goes out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, verse 10, Behold, two men stood beside them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Men of Galilee, why are you standing around? Why are you looking at here, gazing into the sky? Jesus is coming back. Get busy. Get busy. We're not to stand around. Jesus is coming. He's coming and He's coming soon. We just have the study in Revelation. We know the end. Christ is coming. And Revelation calls us to be obedient. It calls us to conquer, to be faithful witnesses to the Gospel of Jesus Christ. This this past Wednesday night, we focused on eternity. And all of us were kind of relieved because eternity is like, woo! But the rest of the book is like, whoa. Right? It's judgment after judgment after judgment after judgment knowing that the lost are going to be judged by God and they've got a terrible time ahead of them. Why? 
Why did God put that there for us? Because it should break our hearts. Like we're looking forward to eternity, but that's what they have to look forward to. They have hell to look forward to. Why are we not busy? Why are we standing around with our hands in our pockets? Gazing into heaven. Oh, I'm ready for the Lord to come back when our brothers and sisters around us, our our friends, our neighbors around us are dying and going to hell without Christ. We have the good news. We've got the good news. We know the way of salvation. All we have to do is be faithful to open our mouths Tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. And God does all the rest. We're not called to save them. God saves them. We're just called to speak the words. And let God do all the other work. Let's quit sitting around. Let's quit standing around. This is urgent. This is urgent. You only have this life to tell people about Jesus. Your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, they only have this life to trust in Christ and receive salvation. That's it. Once this life is over, every, all that's over with. It's urgent. Let's go tell people about Jesus. Let's be faithful witnesses to the good news of Jesus Christ. A growing church is devoted to evangelism. Dear church, pray that God would put a lost soul on your heart. Today, as we have this time of, as we go into a time of invitation, I would ask you, perhaps you know the one. Maybe, maybe God has just impressed someone on your heart already. Or maybe you don't know the one. I, wanna, I want you to pray today, Lord, show me the one. Show me that one person you want me to share the good news with and Lord help me to to do that help me to build that relationship help me to pour into them help me to walk through the steps help me to get there Lord give me the power give me the strength give me the courage start praying that even today and I would even invite you to come and lay their names upon this altar lay yourself upon this altar to be an obedient servant of the Lord, to be used by Him to draw the lost to Jesus. Now for some of you, some of you, you you don't know the good news. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're without hope in the world. And you know in your heart that if you die today, There's no way you're getting into heaven. You don't know Jesus. You just know that you're a sinner and you have rebelled against God and you're without hope whatsoever. 
I want you to know the good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And he was resurrected, showing that you have eternal life in him. There is hope in Jesus. All you have to do is trust in him. Surrender your life to him. And I would invite you to come. Surrender your life to Christ. Maybe you have questions about that. Let me answer those questions. Let me walk you through that because I want you to know Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. For many of us here, Lord, we have experienced your saving grace in Christ. And Lord, for some of us, we struggle with sharing our faith with others because uh, we're just not made that way. We're, we're shy and, and it's hard. But Lord, you have empowered us to do that. So Lord, give us courage. Give us strength to take that first step and allow you to work through us and to reveal yourself in our lives as you testify to the good news of Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, help us to be obedient. And Lord, if there's one today who doesn't know Jesus, my prayer, oh Lord, they would hear the good news, receive it, and enter into your saving grace. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen.